testify this morning. He's awesome in this place this morning. And we're going to praise him no matter what tomorrow brings. That's why we're here this morning is to worship and praise our God this morning. We have a couple requests. We were, uh, want to first of all welcome Brother Sam and, and Sister Becky from Kansas this morning. God bless you. Welcome. And also uh, Sister Deanna's family here for the big event coming up soon. Sister Naomi getting married. Welcome them. Sister Shirley uh, would like for us to keep her grandson uh, with Kyrie uh, in prayer. He's just in need of some strength. He's weak and don't have no energy, but God is, is able this morning. He's mindful of each and every one of us today, and we want to continue to remember Sister Vicki Tidwell in our prayers too this morning, that God will continue to strengthen her. Don't forget also, this is the first Sunday of the month, so we're going to be receiving our building offering with a regular offering this morning, so if you'll just make a note on that, what it's for receive the offering. It would be appreciated. So if you have something on your heart this morning, make it known by enough lifted hand. God sees what our needs are in the service today. Oh, good. Sister Judith, we want to remember her in our prayers this morning as well. Amen. How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. How many love one another? Most of us anyway. That's, that's good. Amen. Brother George, would you come this morning and lead us in prayer today? good in the house of the Lord this morning. Ready to have church this morning. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about Sunday's coming. Sunday's here right now. Amen. How many of you are looking forward to the message today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just bow our heads and take these requests before the Lord. Heavenly Father, oh God, what a privilege to come to you today, Lord. And Lord God, we are needy people, Lord. Lord, and while we're here, we're going to have trials and struggles, but Lord God, we know you're all sufficient. You bring us through them all, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity to come to the house of the Lord today, Lord. The opportunity to lift up, Lord, these requests to you today, Father, Sister Vicki, Lord, and, and Lord, Sister Shirley's grandson, Lord. You, you know all about it, Lord. Lord, we commit it into your hands, Father. We, Lord Jesus, we... Lord, we try to hold on to too much, Lord. We're just giving it to you today, Father. And, Lord, just letting you do, do with it the only way that, Lord, that any change could come would be through you, Father. And, Lord, we're just trusting that today, Lord. We're trusting you for our, for our needs today, Lord. And, Lord, no doubt there's spiritual needs today, Father. No doubt we got needs in our family today, Father. Lord, no doubt we got loved ones that need, Lord, that need a touch from you, Father. And, Lord, maybe we're come here this morning, Lord, and we're just not in the right frame of mind to receive a blessing. Lord, we pray you would change our minds, Lord. Lord, by the renewing, Lord, of our mind, Father, by the washing of the word today, Lord. And, and Lord God, we ask you, O oh Lord, that you would bless this service today. Lord, these musicians, our song leader, Lord. Oh God, may you just anoint it, Father. Lord, that, that the Spirit of God would be pleased to come down, Lord, into our midst, Father. And Lord, we pray you'd bless our pastor today, Lord. Lord, that he preach, may he preach his heart, Lord. And Lord, may he feed the bride on the word of God today, Lord. May it be exactly what we have need of, we pray. And, and Lord Jesus, when we leave this place, Lord, may we leave better for, for being in the house of the Lord, for hearing the word of God, for the fellowship we've had, Lord. Lord God, may we look back at this day and say from that time, 
everything changed. And we love you and we thank you and we commit it into your hands now. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning, will you? church this morning. Amen. You can have your seats just for a moment.
prepare our minds. Let's worship. He dwells in his worship. So if we'll raise our hands and we'll worship, he'll be here. He said he would. opportunities very long as we right. take advantage of every moment that we yes, have sir. this morning to give all the praise to our Lord Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into so thankful that he goes with us through it all. So let's sing that this morning.
depend upon his word. Amen. Because heaven and earth will pass away. But his word will never pass away. And it will never fail. Oh, that's the way Satan was defeated every time was with the word of God. Amen. Let's sing this. Well, Jesus is on the main line. Let's tell him what you want. will be on the way. I, I don't know this whole song, but I do know the chorus, I think. So we're going to try something new this morning. Amen.
We're going to sing one more song. You can have your seats, and we'll have our ushers come and receive the morning offering. And you just give, and I know the Lord will bless you for it. Don't forget, this morning's offering is the first Sunday of the month, so the building fund goes with it. So just make a special note on there. That's what it's for. And I believe there was a birthday. Lord, help me not to miss it this morning. And one yesterday, yeah, Brother Jonathan celebrated his birthday, and we want to just uh, wish him a happy birthday again this morning, that the Lord just continue to bless him and be with him. Uh, I think uh, Daniel Makata, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, is having a birthday uh, tomorrow, and uh, Sister Amber Golden's birthday is on Tuesday, so we want to wish her a happy birthday this morning. Amen. God bless you, Sister Amber, in case she's streaming today. Amen. Let's just sing this. I believe it's in the pew. against your mind as your faith been so Hey! 
Amen. We go to him in prayer and say, Lord, I need this, and Lord, I need that. And the next day you go back to him, the same thing. Lord, I need this or I need that. Lord, I'm suffering. Lord, I've got this. You know what you ought to do the next day is, Lord, thank you. I'm just taking you to your word. That by your stripes, I'll heal. That's all we have to do this morning is claim his promise. It's, it's, his promises never fail, so if we believe him, we can have it this morning. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen. We're going to have Brother Sandy this morning, if you would, Brother Sam Parker. Did I get that right? It's right. come and sing for us today. God bless you, my brother. Good to have you. very thankful for the grace of the Lord in my life. Yes. You know, it's easy to get a built-up, stuffed-up head and think you're something, but when you get knocked down and that great and merciful hand reaches down and picks you up, dusts you off, throws you upon his shoulders, and takes you on home, what amazing grace. He truly is a God rich in mercy. He didn't have to change one of us, but he in his kindness did.
How many are thankful this morning that you heard the shepherd's call? I've, I've lost my way many times. I'm so glad he called me right back. Amen. I, this morning, aren't you, amen, amen, might take us a little longer, sometimes to another, but we still get the power, I'm just so thankful, let's stand together this morning if you will, and as we invite our pastor to come, we're looking forward to what God has in store for us from his word today, amen, let's sing this, I think it's a cute song, and he sent forth his and he healed me from disease and the spirits of infirmity by the blood of the Lamb I have been touched by his Sometimes it seems that we cannot reach out to where he is. Somehow he comes to us. When it seems there's times in our lives that the magnet of this world is pulling so strong against us. Somehow he shows up. Even with all of our efforts and our doings and our tryings. 
He keeps holding us. Sing this with me. Something keeps holding me. As the brethren come, this is the tithe. The first fruits you give to the Lord and he will bless you. The trial of this world was getting closer.
Critics on the street asked Brother Branham in all of your trials, did you keep your religion? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, no, it kept me. <laughs> he knows how to keep us, Brother George. Praise God. Welcome to the house of the Lord. So good to have our families all here today. Welcome each and every one of you. I want to give this quick announcement. Certainly appreciate our musicians and our worship leader. Uh, our special anniversary meetings, August 20th through the 21st. Brother Daniel Gissendam will be ministering at our anniversary meetings this year. It's in two weeks, so we're looking for a grand time of fellowship around the blessings of the Lord as we continue to celebrate Jesus Christ and this great message that he has given us. Praise God. Aren't you glad there is a cause? Aren't you thankful that there is a commission? We would not even have a church if we did not hold to the commission. We'll, we'll all be sitting at home right now. But praise God. God has ordained a ministry for us to be together uh, to worship Jesus Christ. So that's the 20th through the 21st, Saturday evening and Sunday morning. We will have dinners for both services. After the service on uh, Saturday evening, we'll provide a nice meal for you. Time of fellowship after the service. And likewise, on Sunday morning. So if you will be in prayer for those services, invite a friend, be praying, fasting, looking to the Lord. We know that God is certainly mindful for all of the needs within our gates this morning. God bless you. If you would now go back with me into the uh, book of Numbers. I want to continue from last week. Don't settle for less than your inheritance. This is part two. I didn't quite get it all of my system last week, so... I'm going to let it flow this morning by the grace of God. How many believes the Bible? Amen. Let me see your hands way up. You believe the Bible, right? So if I preach the Bible this morning, you wouldn't be offended. If I can prove what I'm saying by the Bible, then you, are, you, you will not be offended because this is the word of God. Correct? All right. I'm going to remember that. All right, Numbers chapter 32. You know you were getting set up, didn't you? <laughs> Numbers chapter 32, verses 18 and 19. This is a choice of the world border. Israel now getting ready to cross into their promised land. And two of the tribes, Reuben and Gat, decided that they had another agenda. They had something else right at the time of the rapture. They decided that they will have their own program. Does that sound familiar in our message and our ranks? They had their own programs going on, so we'll break into it. In verses 18, very sad, said, We will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan for, uh, or towards because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side, Jordan, eastward. Now, you understand that God had already decreed right. which side yes, that sir. their inheritance was on. Right. And even though this sounds very good, there was an uncertain sound to it. 
You see, man under human endowments seem to always try to interject their own ideas. God already had a provided way for Israel to get their inheritance. But here was Gad and Reuben that decided now to go under their own leadership. You see, this is where the church is at. Man's wanting human leadership. Man wants a king. God has given us a prophet. But man wants a king to lead them. They want human endowments. The church is not led by human endowment, but spiritual revelation by the word of God. It is by spiritual revelation that we are going to make the rapture. Not by the church, not by the bishop, not by Catholicism, not by man's idea, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that what Ezekiel said? Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You believe it? Drop down to verses 31. And the children of God and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord hath said unto thy servant, so will we do. We will pass over arm before the Lord into the land of Canaan. That the possession of our inheritance on this side, Jordan, may be ours. What a passage. What a very tragic passage. And if you're, if you're wise and you've been listening to tapes, you will know this is actually events made clear by prophecy. That we're standing at this very junction of time right now. And the issues that we're dealing with right now is not outside of the church, but within our ranks. What Israel was dealing with now was not a problem that was with the heathens. They were dealing with some internal problems. They had some civil war taking place amongst them. And this was right at the verge of their promised inheritance. The type of the bride of Christ right on the verge of the rapture. So close, but yet so far. Don't settle for less than your inheritance. Let us bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we deem it such a privilege to come back into the house of God. We thank you for this lovely group of people, Lord, that is before me this morning. I pray that the anointing now will settle upon your servants. As we all come back into your house to be learned, to be refreshed. I believe that you'll give us a time of refreshing in the presence of God. Speak to us, Lord, I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, just to recap for those perhaps that was not here. And just to give you a little bit of a backdrop again of what we were speaking of. In our scripture this morning, I'm speaking of the tribes of Reuben and Gat in our text. The Bible said that they settled on the wrong side of Jordan. You see, they were in Jordan, but they were caught on the east side rather than the west side. God had intended them to Cross to Jordan to go west into Canaan land. But they settle for less 
than God intended for them. You see, many times we can get these ideas into our minds that we have a better way than God's way. But God's ways are past finding out. They're beyond human thinking and human uh, reasoning today. Many times, this is why Paul says in Corinthians for us to cast down reasoning. And every thing, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. They settled on the east side of Jordan instead of the west side where their full inheritance was the land of their inheritance. God never said to Reuben and God that your inheritance is on the east side. Even though the land was beautiful, it was a blessed land. It was a, a place to raise livestock, and it was a prosperous land. It was not God's intention for Israel to receive their inheritance in Laosia. We were to cross over to the other side. We are passing through Laosia, but this is not our land. We have a promise of a better land in a better place with better spiritual food in due season. Can you shout amen? amen. Let me remind you again of the disclaimer of your inheritance. I'm just recapping. It is your family, your health, your substances, and overcoming power. You see, too many are clueless in our message of what Canaan land represents. This is not the rapture yet, you understand. But it is the earnest of the rapture. Before you can go into the rapture, you have to collect your inheritance. There is no rapture without an inheritance. God did not tell the Israelites that you're going to cross over into Canaan's without having an inheritance. Because God keeps all of his promises. His unfailing word of promise will never fail us. You believe it? You see, you can't claim the rapture unless first you possess your inheritance in Canaan. Simply put, no inheritance, no rapture. In a message, Hidden Life in Christ, 1955, uh, in November the 10th, Canaan didn't represent heaven because they had wars in Canaan. You believe it? What are we doing right now? Warring. While we're feasting, we're warring. We're feasting on the manna, and we're warring. Adoption, part one, 1960, May the 15th, in the evening service. Now, Canaan does not represent the age of the millennium. It only represents the age of the overcomer, the dispensation of overcoming. Because in Canaan, they killed and burned and took cities, and there will be no deaths in the millennium. You see, God wants you to overcome some things before you enter into your divine promise. You cannot reach your full inheritance unless you have overcoming power. Israel had to go into their overcoming stage before God can prosper them. When Israel crossed the Jordan, the Bible said, they embarked 
and some of the greatest battles of their lives. Friends, I say this, this is not a picnic this morning. We're not just of enter into, we do not believe in a pre-millennial reign. We do not believe, uh, as the Catholic churches teach us, that this is the millennium. We do not believe this is the millennium. This is only Canaan where we are engaging in some of the greatest battles in our lives. He said, when we're a Christian, that, even, that is even more a confirmation that you're warring for your inheritance. You believe it? Battling for the inheritance. We notice from part one, and I'm trying to move quickly, the tragic request of the tribes of Reuben and Gott found in the last verse of verses five. The last statement here. Look with me there. It says, Wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto the servants for a possession and bring us not over Jordan. What a tragic decision. What a sad thing for a Christian to serve God all their lives. Come right up to their inheritance getting their victory, their families being saved, uh, receiving all of their loved ones, everything that they have lost being restored to them by God's promise. And then make a statement as such that we don't want God's inheritance. We have chosen our own inheritance. I'll say this this morning. God's inheritance uh, far and much better outweigh our human inheritance. You believe it? Now, this attitude of Reuben and God concerned Moses, as we said, on several fronts. And I hit him quickly before we move forward. First of all, Moses realized that this would increase the battle for those who were prepared to cross into Canaan. And if you look on verse 6, you see this, that Moses said to the children of God and to the children of Reuben... In verse 6, shall our brethren go to war and shall he sit here? You see, it's a battle, church. We can't just sit around and say, we're in a message. We believe Brother Brandon. We believe God. We believe that we are bride. You've got to fight for your inheritance. He said, shall your brethren go to war while he sit here and they're fighting for their inheritance? You see, this was the spirit that Moses was dealing with within his church. He wanted to make sure there was no lazy Christians in his church. People who don't carry their load. People who just sit back and let everybody pray for them. And let everybody preach for them. And let Brother Branham do all the preaching while they sit on the church pews and backslide. Y'all, y'all can get quiet on me this morning. And I'm going to prove my point in just a moment. There's a church in the last day that's fighting. If you're going to have an inheritance, you have to fight for that inheritance. He said, shall your brethren go to war? And shall he sit here? This is a very pathetic attitude that we have within our ranks. There are those who say, I'm content. I'm settled. I don't need more. I don't need to move on. I don't need to go to Canaan for my inheritance. I got everything I need uh, on this side uh, of Jordan. 
But friends, that sounds spiritual. That sounds really good. But God said there's more, much more for you. You can't settle on the east side. You gotta go to the west side. The west side holds your inheritance. Moses says to the Israelites in this sermon that morning in this church, some of you have exempted yourselves from the battle. You don't want to fight. You don't want to do what it takes. You want Brother uh, Jonathan to pray for you. You want somebody else to go to church for you. You want somebody to fast for you. You want, you want to just uh, get on, on a lazy chair and expect to get your inheritance. It don't work that way. He said, uh, shall your brethren go to war while you sit around? Friends, let me say this. We have an inheritance to obtain, and we must fight for that inheritance. Our children, our grandchildren, our family, our loved ones, our stake in Laosia, and there are some people that will fight all the way. You believe it? Hallelujah. Saints, I believe the heat of the battle is hotter now. And only the predestinated is going to enter into their promised land. The second front that Moses dealt with on that morning when the spirit tried to take over his church was uh, concern that Moses had was this was a contagious behavior that God and Reuben was engaging in. I want you to look at verses 7 with me. Verses 7 quickly if you have your Bibles. And he said, Wherefore discourage he the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord had given them. You see, these were a parking lot preachers. He was, these were vestibule preachers. They were, these were women of bathroom preachers. Come on, church. Saying, oh, we don't need to go on. We got everything here. It's fine. Uh, we, we don't need pastors and preachers. We got the tape. We don't need anybody else. We got the prophet. That's all we need. Brother, let me say this. You need that and everything that God has ordained for you. You believe it? He said, wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord had given them. Why are you saying these things in the church? Why are you telling the people it's all right to have your own agenda on the east side of Jordan when on the west side is where the blessings are? You see, they were disputing with Moses, so he came with a very powerful message. I want to say this morning that complacency is contagious. It's easy for you to sit back and let everybody do everything for you. All the pressing and all the toiling and everything else. But church, you got to get up, put your shoes on, and fight for your inheritance. So Moses knew that if the people or the other tribes heard what Reuben and God was doing, there would be influence, one man's influence over another. Seeds of discrepancies, interjection of ideas and ideologies. Series taken out of the message of the hour to support our ideas. And Moses said, not so. We will take the whole message. You believe it? God said to us that the promise is not on the east side, but on the west side. 
How many wants the whole message? Don't, don't make the message a smuggler's board to support your ideologies, to support your spirituality. You need the whole message. And Moses says, God says, your promise is on the west side. Are you with me this morning? Oh, God help us. In fact, as you read down in this chapter, you find out that the half-tribe was Manasseh. As I said last week, they also decided to stay put and not move on. So you can see how that Reuben and God affected and infected Manasseh, the half-tribe. Don't tell me that the spirit of discouragement doesn't work in the bride. And listen, it comes from reliable sources. It comes from uh, positions uh, of hierarchies. When Israel was crossing over, uh, those that came uh, and discouraged the heart of the Israelites were not just fly-by-night people. They were men of renown. Satan knows how to anoint people in prominent position. Are you with me now? So here was Reuben and God too of the primary leaders within the tribes of Israel was now going into the congregation telling the people, you don't have to go over into Canaan to get your blessings. You don't have to go all the way. You can sit on this side and have church and not go to church. You can sit over here and say what Moses says without going over into Shiloh where the church is. Let me move on. The third concern that Moses had was that this was repeat the mistake of the past. Look here in verses 8 we read that Moses said, Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kedish Barnia to see the land. You see, they saw the land, tasted the grapes, but settled for less than their inheritance. They wanted the manna of Egypt. They wanted the quails and the garlic and the cucumbers and everything else when God had heavenly manna on the other side. Are you following me this morning? He said, thus did your father when I sent him from Kiddush Barnia to see the land. They saw everything, but yet they say, you know what? We don't want what God has for us. We've got enough on this side. We don't need anything. We don't need preachers. We don't need revelation. We don't need everybody else. All we need is a tape recorder. It don't work that way, church. God's got a bride in this last age. And she'll say what the tape says. Now, 38 years later, the tribe of Reuben and God are making the same mistakes. Are we not making the same mistakes in our day? We got a pillar of fire. We got a prophet. Amen. But are we staying on the east side? Or are we doing what the tapes tells us to do to go west? You know why? Because it's out west where the angel connected with the prophets. Are you following me now? Watch this now. Reuben and God tried to justify this manner of staying on the east side three ways. There was service. Amen. Stay with me. I'm just recapping. There was service. 
There was sincerity and struggle. But the problem was there was a shortfall to their inheritance. Never, never mind what all they had, there was still a shortfall to their inheritance. I want you to look at verses 16 and 17 with me. This is how they responded to the concerns of Moses. Look at verses 16. And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle, cities for our loved ones. Sounds real religious, doesn't it? But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them into their place and our little ones shall dwell in the fence city because of the inhabitants of the land. They tried to remedy their choice for not entering into their inheritance. We are going to stay right here. We are not going to move. We're going to stay right here. We're going to help you in the cause, but we're going to come back right here. What a sad thing. See, they had service, but on the wrong side of Jordan. They did service for the Lord, but they still had a shortfall of their own inheritance. Watch this now. They were sincere. They struggled. They served. But there was a shortfall. Service, as I said, can become an idol. Are you following me now? The service that they had was not a service as unto God's ordination for the entire uh, tribe of Israel to move together. So their service and their struggles became an idol unto God. You see, friends, you've got to have the right perspectives in your service to Almighty God. They were behind the cause of inheriting the land, but they themselves would live on the border of God's blessings. What a sad, what a sad thing for the church to be. Serving God, doing everything all these years but yet found themselves on the border of God's blessings. The Bible said that God and Reuben were not bystanders, but they, they compromised and they settled for less than their inheritance. Look at verses 19 with me quickly. They said, for we will not inherit with them uh, on yonder side, Jordan, or forward, because our inheritance is fallen to us on this Jordan eastward. It sounds good, but it wasn't the word. It sounds really religious, but it wasn't the word. God didn't tell Reuben and God, when you get to the east side, there's where your inheritance is. He said, go westward. Are you following me now? Isn't that a sad situation? Come all the way, but doesn't possess all their inheritance. Let me start preaching now. Is this all right? Yes. Amen. Moving forward now. And you said that you believe the Bible, didn't you? You said that you believe the message. You say you love Jesus. Let's see if you can handle the word now. Moving forward now. Now in fairness, Reuben and God's kept their words. Is that right? They held and they helped the other tribes conquer the land. Think about this. 
They had the message. They did everything that they knew how to do to help the other ten tribes. They fought with them west of Jordan. Then they returned. Uh Uh-oh. Here's where the problem is. Amen. They went all the way into the promised land, but decided that the promised land was not for them. They decided that they wanted man's leadership instead of the Holy Spirit leadership. The Bible said they returned east of Jordan with God's blessing for their faithfulness. You see, God's going to bless you. When you do, God's going to bless you. He has no problem blessing you. However, when the land was fully conquered west of Jordan, Reuben and Gott and the half tribe of Manasseh went back to bondage in idolatry. How sad that is. How sad that is to go all the way and follow this message all the way to your rapture and then return back to your own ideas and your theories. Watch what he's saying now. He said, and Reuben and God, the half-tribe, the Bible said in verses 19, they went back to bondage and idolatry, went back to their denomination. Before they crossed the Jordan, they built an altar unto the Lord. Watch this. I want you to see this. Look at, uh, turn with me into Joshua chapter 22 and verses 10. Turn with me, please. I want you to see this. Don't miss this. Joshua chapter 22 and verses 10. And when they came unto the border of Jordan, that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gott and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. A great, impressive altar. An altar of imposing size. An altar of grandeur. Doesn't this sound like Catholicism? Doesn't this sound like altar worship? God did not ordain their altars. God wanted them to go to church in Shiloh. But they built themselves a substitutionary altar on the east side of Jordan. You said you believed the Bible, didn't you? Uh, right away there was, there was a bit of an unrest amongst uh, the other ten tribes of the Israelites because this was understood by the other tribes to be pagan altars. So when the ten tribes looked at the two tribes and saw that they had built a great altar, a big altar, an altar with an inscription over it, instead of God's, instead of God's leadership, instead of the Holy Ghost, the Joshua, the Caleb's, we got our own gods. Are you following me now? So this created a little bit of a unrest into the, tra- the 12 tribes, uh, into their fellowship, and said, according to the word of God, this is absolutely not the Bible. Right. To have another altar beside the altar we have in Shiloh is blaspheming. There's only one altar. 
in shallows unto the Lord at the tabernacle. You believe that? So to erect another altar was apostasy and idolatry. So these tribes now were going. I'm talking about the condition where we're at, my friends. Amen. We have other altars that's been erected. But it wasn't by our Joshua. It wasn't by the Holy Spirit. These altars are man-made and they're not God sent. So the other tribes assume this must be an altar to the pagan gods in the country, in the country side around Reuben and Gotch. This must be a rival to the true altar in the tabernacle of Shiloh. And something rose up inside of those predestinated seeds of God and said, we will not have another altar. We will not have another prophet. We will not have someone else to lead the bride of Christ. Praise God. You believe it? Come on now. Watch now. Stay with me. So the other tribes wanted to war. The Bible said over this, this great imposing altar, the Bible says that they wanted to war about this. It's like there's not supposed to be a, another message. There's not supposed to be another prophet. There's not supposed to be anything else. We have one word prophet. And his word is thus saith the Lord. And we will stay with what he says. We don't need another altar on the east side of Jordan. Are you following me now? So there was rose up a rivalry inside of the ten tribes and said, we can't have this. There's no way we're going to have this in our church, in our message, in our ranks. There's not going to be some other altar of worship beside God's provided way of worship. Are you following me now? Now, Phineas, the high priest, was chosen as a diplomat, and he was sent on a fact-finding mission. The Bible says he finds out, in fact, that it was not the intention of Reuben and Gott and the half-tribe of Manasseh to erect a rival altar or to worship pagan foreign gods or to sacrifice to them. They were sincere, the Bible says. But they were doing God a service without His will. After all, we all believe the message. We can stay at home and listen to tapes, and you can go to shadow unto the Lord at the tabernacle. Listen, I'm going to preach. And I'm not responsible for what you listen to or what you believe. I'm going to tell you the truth this morning. Amen. Someone called me last week and says, I don't have to come back to church. Brother Branham is my pastor. I can sit at home and listen to tapes. I don't believe in a five-four ministry. I said, well, you don't even believe the Bible. Get quiet all you want to this morning. They were sincere. But they were doing God a service without his will. After all, like I said, we all believe the message. We can do what we want to. You go to church and we'll stay at home. You go to the west side, we'll stay on the east side. Oh, glory. Don't make me have to preach this morning. 
There's a church that's on their way to the rapture for the church. You believe it? Hallelujah. Don't fail to get this. They were motivated by the fact that because they were not living in the right place on the right side of Jordan, they wanted to let people know that we believe the message. That we, that we belong to Israel. We belong to the living God. We believe the message. We have our symbols, our great altar, sense of God. That was good, and it sounds good. But out of the will of God, there was an uncertain sound to it. You got it. Amen. I'm constantly getting texts and emails and people are sending me all kinds of stuff trying to convince me I'm not supposed to preach anymore. Listen, if I didn't stay with my commission, we wouldn't have a church today. Who would baptize you? Everybody will be shocking up because there's no preacher to marry you. Come on now. Praise God anyhow. Amen, but I've stayed with a commission. That's why we have a church in Murfreesboro that will preach the word of God, that will preach the message of the hour. Amen, in this age, that will rapture the bride of Christ. Praise God. So they wanted the people to know they had a motive behind why they build the altar. We want everybody to know we believe the message. We want everybody to know that we belong to Israel. Amen, it sounds good. But this was, uh, was not God's provided way for Israel to obtain their full inheritance. If you look at verses 34, you will see that they actually called this altar witness. Sounds so spiritual. Witness. We are witnesses of a message. We are not going to listen to preachers and pastors and ministers of God who are ministering spares in the last age. We're going to fight against them. We're going to send votes against them. We're going to talk about them. They're God's agent for this hour. You realize that? They were living in a deception at the brink of their inheritance. Look at Joshua 22 and 34. He said he believed the Bible. And the children of Reuben and the children of God called the altar Ed. <coughs> Pardon me. For there shall be a witness between us and the Lord is God. Do you see what's happening here, church? They weren't living in the right place. They hadn't inherited their possession. And for fear that the other tribes will not recognize them as the people of God and they will lose their identity, they built a humongous altar as a sign of their identity. It's a very pathetic thing down into our ranks now where we have to have identities. We have to have emblems and signs and relics. And everything else to show which side of the message that we're on. If we're not wearing our little wheats or wearing our little eagles, then we don't know. It's a sign of identity. 
Your identity is in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Not in an emblem or a sign or some monstrous man-made altar, but in Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost. You believe it? Am I still in the Bible, Brother George? Okay, let me preach now. You see, the Bible said they literally turned back to paganism, the harlot church. Organization, headquarters, a popish ministry, this control of an antichrist spirit, a universal church where everybody listens to the same tape of the same time. Sounds spiritual, but not God's provided way for the gospel to be preached to the bride. This is a spirit of Catholicism invading the message. This is a popish spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God anyhow. Oh, I know who's listening to me, church. Don't worry about where I stand. I know who's listening to me. Hallelujah. I know who's already turned me off. That's fine. But some of you eagles here want to hear the truth. Praise God. It's the spirit of Catholicism invading the message. Trying to kill out the evangelicals from preaching the message. Praise the Lord. The Catholics don't believe in preaching. That's Catholicism. Preaching is for the evangelicals like us. But we have the spirit of Catholicism working in a framework on the east side of Jordan in the message. Trying to kill out the evangelicals. Oh my God, help me this morning. You believe it? Do you love the Lord? Doesn't this sound Catholic? This is a harlot spirit, the whore and daughters. Mary's back in our ranks again. The worship of a woman, the worship of a church, the worship of an organization, the worship of a man-made altar down on the east side. The Bible said they built a great altar for all to see. It was towering. They can actually see that altar from being on Canaan's, from being in Canaan's land. It was so grand. It was so uh, towering. It had steeples on it. It was beautiful. It had everything that you could desire and you can see from a distance. But it was not God's provided way for the Israelites. You believe it? So this harlot spirit, this whore. And daughter spirit, this Mary spirit, is back in our ranks. Listen, the Catholic church is nothing but the harlot church. You know that. The Bible speaks of her in the book of Revelation. It is the whore, and she has daughters. Friend, we don't need this popish spirit back in the church. We need Holy Ghost preachers. Men with the fire of God in their lives. You believe it? You see, they claim Brother Branham is their pastor. Yet the fivefold ministry, by God's provided way, is preaching what's on the tapes. I say this, friend, a real God-called preacher in this message will stay with the tape teaching every time he preaches. Y'all getting quiet on me. We want to make sure that we hear all that Brother Branham has to say so we don't need preachers. Brother, if he's a real God-called preacher, he's going to say what them tapes are saying. Every time he gets up in a pulpit, he's going to preach this message. 
Way too much propaganda and brainwashing going on against God's cause, man, in this hour. I'm going to say it again. Way too much propaganda and brainwashing going on under the spirit of Catholicism. You realize this is blasphemy? The Bible said that God has made his, his preachers, his minister, ministering spirits. Angels, ministering spirits. And if God has called you to preach, preach, Brother George. I don't care if they take away your pulpit, stand in the street corner and preach anyhow. You believe it? It's blasphemy. Listen, don't, don't turn me off. Don't turn me off now. Amen. Moses was Reuben, God's, and Manasseh's prophet with a rapturing message for all of Israel to enter into their promised land. However, it was a fivefold ministry through Joshua and Caleb that brought the Israelites into their promised land by preaching what Moses, the prophets, has left for them to preach. Let me ask you a blunt question. Who brought the Israelites into Canaan? Moses? Joshua and Caleb did. But they were preaching Moses' message. And by preaching Moses' message, they enter into their rapture. Don't tell me to stay on the east side, church. I'm on my way to the west side with a rapture message. You believe it? It was a fivefold ministry through Joshua and Caleb that brought the Israelites into their promised land by preaching Moses' The prophet rapturing message. They would have never made it into Canaan's land without Moses' message. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So when you take away the pastors and the preachers and the fivefold ministry, who is it left up to to bring us into Canaan? Moses. Don't get technical with me now. Hallelujah. Moses already led the scene. But God knew that he was passing the baton on to Joshua and Caleb. And he would anoint these men with the spirit of the Holy Ghost to take Moses' message and rapture the church. You believe it? If you notice this great altar that they built had no Levites, no preachers in it. Y'all believe your Bible, don't you? Amen. This great altar they built, this substitutionary Catholicism spirit didn't believe in preachers. They didn't believe in Levites. These tribes didn't have live preaching. They didn't believe in having pastors. They didn't have ministers in their church. They hate preachers. They were preacher haters. Don't let your blood boil over. I can feel it all the way up here. Can I prove to you that church didn't believe in having pastors and preachers? Now, here's the acid test. Go with me in Joshua chapter 22 and verses 11. I'll prove this to you in your own Bible. Oops, there it is. <laughs> Joshua 22 and verses 11. And the children of Israel said, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of God and the half tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the border of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. Verses 12. And when the children of Israel heard it, 
the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together to Shiloh to go to war against them. Verses 13. And the children of Israel sent unto the children of Reuben, unto the children of Gad, unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, into the land of Gilead. Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the priest. Why? Because they did not have preachers. They didn't believe in pastor ministries. They didn't believe in having preachers. Watch verses 22, 32 now. Drop down to verses 32. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, notice after he went and they give their, their, their silly excuses that we wanted to be identified in the message. We want to be identified as Christians. Phinehas came to the conclusion. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, and the princes returned, leaving the church on the east side with no pastor, no ministers, no Levites, because they did not want to have preachers in their churches. Hello? Are you still out there? Are you still out there? So the church on the east side didn't believe in life preaching, didn't believe in pastors, didn't believe in ministers in their church. So they had to borrow the priests that was in the church of Shiloh. And they came over to set the matter straight. Can you see this church on the east side? This grand altar of God, of what they call the altar of God, was not ordained of God. It was doing the right thing in the wrong way. Are you with me now? So Phineas, the son of Eliezer, and the priests and the princes returned from the children of Reuben and from the children of God out of the land of Gilead unto the land of Canaan to the children of Israel and brought them word again. Where was the preaching taking place? Where was the preaching taking place, church? On the west side. In Canaan. You got to get in Canaan. They didn't want it on the east side. They didn't have priests, Levites, Phineas, Eliezer. None of the ministers of God was in their church. Oh, but praise God, on the west side, we've got some Holy Ghost preachers, Brother Sam, that's preaching. That's saying the Lord. You believe it? Can I rest my case? Can I tell you that if you're on the east side, you don't believe in pastors and preachers. But if you're on the west side, you're in God's. Provided way. This was a church without all the fivefold ministry operating it. Amen. It was a church without the fivefold ministry operating in it. They had just gone over to Jordan and claimed their inheritance. Hallelujah. It would have been a different story. If they had just gone over and came under the leadership of God's provided way, they would have had their inheritance. Too many folks sitting at home today pushing play instead of being in the house of God. Hallelujah. Sorry you ought to catch it family on this end. Amen. Hallelujah. All week long I've been bombarded. Amen. I don't believe in pastor. I don't believe in preachers. I don't believe you don't believe the message then. Here comes, uh, here comes your answer. You're going to miss your Canaan's land. You believe it? This was a church without all the fivefold ministry operating in it. Hallelujah. 
If they had just gone over Jordan and claimed their inheritance, God's provided way, everybody would have known their citizenship. Hallelujah. But they did not want to be identified where preachers were. If you go to a church that's got preachers, then you're not doing what God says to do. Come on. If everybody don't listen to the same tapes, if everybody don't do the same thing, then you're not in a message. That's the spirit of Catholicism. God has called us to preach. Brother John said, you preach the word of God, son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody would have known their citizenship if they had only sat amen, under God's provided way. But now they had to erect emblems and imagery and such like to identify themselves that they're still in the message. Amen. We got this. We got that. We got all the tapes. We got everything. We only say what the tape says. Well, brother, why don't you do what the tape says? Hallelujah, anyhow. Sorry, Naomi. You messed up your shower. You believe him. In fact, Phineas gives them another chance in verses 19. He invites them to redeem their inheritance. Look at verses 19. The preachers got up and said, don't sit on the east side. Get under a church, a ministry that believes the word of God and get rapture revelation. Praise the Lord. Listen, just because your last name is Branham, don't mean you can do what you want to this message. You can hear the pinfall right now. Everybody has to come under headship to this. Everybody has to come under headship to this. God has no grandchildren. Just sons and daughters of God. Joshua 22 and 19. Notwithstanding, if the land of your possession be unclean, this is what he's saying. He said, where you're at is unclean. You need Holy Ghost preaching the fire, the devil off of your life. You need to get the devil off of you by Holy Ghost filled preaching. Are you with me now? Joshua 22 and 19. Notwithstanding of the land of your possession, be unclean. Then pass ye over unto the land of the possession of the Lord. Where with the Lord's substance, the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth. Look where God says his tabernacle was. Look where God said his church was. In Shiloh. Friends, we have got to come back to Shiloh. You understand what I'm saying? Where in the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth and take possession among you. But rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. He's saying don't rebel against us. Don't fight against us. Don't hate us. Don't get an attitude towards the ministry. Listen, friends, I love this message. I love our prophets. And I love this word. But come Sunday morning, I'm going to be in the house of God. A sister sent me an email and told me, I don't need pastor, I don't need anybody. I can do what I want to. I'll do what the tape tells me to do. I said, does the tape ordain you to baptize? Does the tapes ordain you to have communion? You need a final fellowship. Since when you've got women at God's table serving communion. 
It was a serious business. And Brother Brown's day, there was a man dying in the church. And Brother Brown did not even leave the table of God to pray for that person. Because that was his order at the pulpit. Hello, church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said, how do you think that's all right for you to sit at home and, and to have communion because somebody tell you to do it? Because our pastors tell us that we can sit at home and listen and, and, and serve communion. Says the Bible says that. Come on now. Don't, don't get quiet on me now. All this nonsense has got to stop, friends. So I don't care. I'll do it because that's exactly what, uh, what Reuben and God was doing. We don't care what Moses says. We're going to say it on this side. Boy, it's hot in this church. Well, let me ask you a question. What side of Jordan are you? Listen to me. If you're on the east side, you have settled for less than your inheritance. If you're not entering into the land of Canaan's blessing, then you are on the east side. You will be a person who needs external signs to show your identity. You'll need signs to show your identity. Listen, I've done past the sign. I've got the voice behind the sign. We don't need another sign. We need to hear the voice behind the sign. Hello, church. So you will need, you'll be a person that needs external signs to show your identity. You'll need uh, uh, objects, religious objects. You'll need religious practices, uh, activities to identify that you're different if you're not on the west side. Praise the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, anyhow. I don't have a problem playing a tape with Brother Branham if God placed it in my heart to play a tape in this church. Matter of fact, they're doing Sunday mornings. For all of you that's fussing about playing tapes, come here 30 minutes before the service. We play tapes in church. But we have preaching in church too. Saying what the same tape you heard said. This is the crisis. I believe in the message today. People have lost their supernatural identity. Because they're on the wrong side of Jordan. Assimilating with the pagan people. Praise the Lord. Pagan people don't go to church. They send their tithe to the Romans. They don't read their Bibles. They don't sing songs. They don't pray or fast. The pub does it all for them. All you got to do is send your almighty dollar in and you're going to heaven. Well, this message is not a popish ministry. This is the bride's ministry where we practice, amen, what God has said. You believe it? Yes, they're on the wrong side, assimilating with the pagan people. You know, there are some non-Christians that are better off than some message folks. At least they go to church one time a year on Christmas. At least they go on Easter and bloom with the Easter lily. Some of us are so stuck 
in a religious way. We're sitting at home. I've got the word. I've got the prophets. I've got the prophet, the word, and the Holy Ghost. All the relics and uh, terminologies in this message might give you an identity. It might seem to be a witness if you haven't entered into your spiritual inheritance. It becomes idolatry. Idolatry has invaded our message. People are bowing down to the picture of our prophets. A sister told me one not very long ago. She said, you see that picture? She said, I tell you, this is how much I believe this message. I kneel down every morning before it and pray to it. Idolatry. Idolatry. There ain't nobody going to take away from my Jesus. Because my prophet pointed me to my Jesus. Hello, church. People got to do stupid things anymore for identity to make themselves say they believe the message. Stupid things. Idiotic things. It don't even make sense. Just to prove that they really believe the message and they have identity to tell the other ten tribes uh, we still believe it. That woman told me that. I said, I kneel on before that picture and I pray to it. I said, God, have mercy on your poor soul. I said, you know, you're going to burn and go to hell with that kind of attitude. You better bow before Jesus Christ, the only true potentate, the only true Lord. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And nobody going to take away from my champion of love. Can you spare me 10 more minutes? Or is it going to go up in flames anytime soon? It's idolatry. However, this message is our protection. You should have been saying amen. However, this message is our protection. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you hanging out there. I'm bringing you home. Amen. This message is our protection. Our staying power to our promised land. Watch this. The two and one half tribes did not have the protection of Jordan River. They were on the east side. Then there was Jordan. Then the west side. Because they were on the east side. They hadn't the protection of the Jordan River. So they were exposed to enemies' attacks. Hallelujah. Friends, without this message, you have no protection. If you're on the east side, with all your relics and terminology and all your identities, you miss your protection. If you're not in Canaan land this morning, you will be exposed to enemy attacks. Hallelujah. This is why God says, I'm going to have the east side, I'm going to have Jordan, then I'm going to have the west side. There was a reason. Because God knew how the enemy is going to come in on the rear I'm from the east side. Therefore, he placed the Jordan between his bride and the promised land. Glory. 
Oh, church, there's a branch that's going all the way, going all the way with the Holy Ghost. In fact, we read in the history of Israel that Reuben and God and the half-tribe of Manasseh was first to be conquered in the later years when Israel again was carried into captivity. Did I just prove it? Amen. Because they were on the east side. They were the first one to be conquered by the enemy because they were on the wrong side. They believed the message, but they took their own ideas. They believed the message, but they had their own agendas. They believed the message, but didn't go all the way into the west side. Are you with me now? Brother Mark, would you please come up here and get me out of this pickle? Amen. Because they were not only living on the border of God's blessing. They hadn't entered in. The question I ask you this morning is I close. Have you? In Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm closing. Hebrews chapter 4, it's all about Israel claiming the inheritance in the promised land. And I'm going to paraphrase for you. The Apostle Paul illustrates, he said, some were like the older generation that perished wandering in the wilderness and never enter the land. What a tragedy. What a tragedy to come all the way in this message. To say you believe it. To love it. To even give your life for it. But not execute what the message has said for us to do. What a sad situation, friend. To be delivered from bondage. To go through the Red Sea of salvation by the blood of the Lamb. But never enter into your possession. Never get out of the wilderness. He goes on to say also that there were others who like the ten spies. They visited the land. They visited the land. How sad. To go right where it's at. And to say, you know what? I, I don't need this. Amen. I got my own ideas. I want my own private. I, I, I got my own thing going on. You know the problem is, we got too many lazy folks in this message. Of all the religions that I've studied, message folks are the laziest when it comes to church attendance. My God, have mercy. Church of Christ full, first Baptist full, second Baptist full, the church of the freezer is full. The Catholic church has mass. But everybody's spiritual sitting at home, pushing play, saying they're going to church. The Bible said, fail not, you're assembling together. Insomuch as you see, the hour is approaching. I know I offended some of you, and I intended to. Because if you're offended, you still got self in you. You still got some feelings. And God's trying to slay that old flesh of yours. Amen. If you're bride, you'll handle the words. You'll say amen to the word of God. Oh, my. See, the Bible said they saw the fruits, the wealth. They even tasted the heavenly gift. But they went back and failed to enter in. Let's all stand, please. You see, this morning, I do not dispute that most of you are on the right side of the Red Sea. But the question I ask is, what side of Jordan are you? I don't say you're not Christians. I don't say you're not nominal Christian. I don't say you don't believe Jesus Christ. But the question I pose is, what side of Jordan are you on? 
or have you settled for less than your inheritance? Edgar Seitz, in 1876, wrote a hymn. It goes like this. I've reached the land of corn and wine, and all its riches freely mine. Here shines undimmed one blissful day, for all my night I've passed away. My Savior comes and walk with me, and sweet communion here have we. He gently leads me by his hand, for this is heaven's borderland. Saints, are you living in heaven's borderland? Are you living in heaven's borderland? That is your inheritance now as a child of God. It is your family, your health, your substances, and your overcoming power. You cannot deny it and say, I just want to go in a rapture. The Israelites could not take the step towards their promise and inherit that until they had the spirit of acceptance. And said, Lord, my children are coming in. My son's coming in. My health is coming back. My sanity is coming back. This sickness has to leave me. Everything I've lost, it shall be restored. For I will restore, said the Lord. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. July 11th in the morning service. Brethren said they crossed Jordan into the promised land where their inheritance laid. Get up, church. Run like you never run before. Get into your promised land. Get out of the east side into the west side. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. You heard what I said last Sunday. This is why we got all the idiots on the internet trying to dispute the prophet because they're on the east side. Come on. On the east side, he was saying that the white horse rider was Christ. But when he went on the west side, out west, with the sword on his hands, he said that the white horse rider was Satan. Now, which side are you going to come on? Which side are you going to dwell on? I'm going to the west side. Because on the west side, the message is perfect. There's no flaws in the message on the west side. You believe it? Do you believe it? You can find fault on the east side. Amen. On the east side, he says that the, the Holy Ghost was the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Feast of a trumpet on the west side. Hallelujah. On the west side, he said the Holy Ghost is receiving the word for your day. On the west side. Come on now. Oh, you bunch of Facebookers. Amen. You want to debate me? Come on. Amen. Let's talk business this morning. What side are you on? You bunch of hypocrites. What side are you on? You need the Holy Ghost. You need to cut loose and go on the west side. Here him, 1957, January, March, 22nd. So I think that's just about where our churches are getting. We're children of God, but we're losing our inheritance. Can I challenge you this morning? Don't settle for less than your inheritance. We're children of God, but we're losing our inheritance. How many are going to go all the way? All the way.
I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. I may have been rough this morning. You may not have liked what I said, but you agree that you believe this Bible. And I've taken this very Bible and waved it right before you this morning that this is the truth. This is the truth. You believe it? Do you love him now? Amen. Before I take my rapture, I want to see my grandchildren, my children, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to see everybody come in. Because that's what God's word says. You're living on heaven, borderline. You're looking right at it. Amen. My body's going to be healed. The sickness has to go. The disease has to flee. Every devil has to leave me. Because I'm on the west side. Somebody shout amen. The Holy Ghost is back in the church. You believe in church? Do you love him? Hallelujah. Sing with me. Thank you, Lord. serious spirit in this age. Terrible. People don't want to go to church. They curse preachers, curse pastors. Say they're saying what they take. You know what? People don't listen to enough tapes. They think I'm rough. I heard Brother Brown this morning say, call somebody some slimy worm. It's in the women out there in the street don't deserve a clean bullet. Some people think, I'm rough. That just lets me know you don't listen to enough tapes. But if you listen to so much tape, why don't you do what the tape says? There's going to be a church. I hope I've showed in the word this morning. Amen. There's a people. God has an ordained way. 
in this in this age. A precious sister there. God bless you, sister. Good to see you again. I've been missing you. God bless you. She's one of ours, you know. We believe. We believe. Amen. God bless you as you go now. We appreciate you and we thank God for each and every one of you. And if you think I'm wrong, then pray for me. Just chalk it up to my ignorance. Foreman got so mad at me the other day. She said, who's going to listen to you anyway? You're nothing but a foreigner. I said, thank you, Jesus. Jesus is the biggest foreigner in the world. You know we have the spirit of confederates in America, don't you? Who's going to listen to you anyway? You're a foreigner. Go back somewhere you come. I said, I am. I'm trying. All the way back in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I am. Thank you. I accept your blessing. Going all the way. Amen. You believe it? Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence this morning, Lord. Thank you for the word as it went forth. Some hard things were said, but it's nothing but the truth. Lord, I'm not prone to preach this way, but I just felt led of the Holy Spirit. Just been dealing with so much just this week, Father. Just one attack, one thing after the next. I just want to make certain that spirit doesn't get in my congregation, Lord. Lord Jesus, we believe you, Lord. We believe your word. We believe Jesus Christ. We believe a message in this age. But, Lord, we will not stay on the east side. We will not, we will not erect substitutionary altars, Lord, for our identity. Our identity is in you. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb this morning, Lord. With all my heart, with all my soul. I pledge my love to you. I pray you'll be with us. Bless us. Bring us back to the appointed time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the church said, Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I trust that something was said today to cause you to at least think. And to know, friends, we're not playing games anymore. We're not just walking about from pillar to post. We're not we're not wanderers in the desert. We know where we belong and where we're going. God bless you. As they sing a song, now you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Remember, I think there was a shower. What time is it? Six o'clock. Six o'clock this afternoon. Amen. I cannot believe my baby.